Support for How in the Hell Did I Get Here comes from The Coloring Book Coach. Did you know it's possible to heal your heart and more through coloring and the help of The Coloring Book Coach? Find your free coloring book at thecoloringbookcoach.com. Welcome back to part three of our four-part series we're calling Secrets of a Runaway Carnival Worker, featuring our special guest, Kevin Ball. If you missed part one and two, please go back and listen to those now. Kevin Ball's stories from his runaway adventures at 15, Just Don't Quit. This week, he tells us about a night he spent in jail, and he goes a lot deeper into what life was like for him after he started working carnivals in the mid-70s. A reminder that we recorded these stories during a long virtual happy hour. We had four out of five sisters and a couple of the brother-in-laws floated in and out, which explains some of the sound quality. One thing, before we get going, we want to say thank you for being a loyal listener and also ask a quick favor. If you can, please consider supporting the show at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the coloring book coach. We know it's a weird time on the planet, which is why small shows like ours really need and appreciate support to keep on keeping on. It's easy to do at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the coloring book coach. You can become an ongoing member for just $5 a month or just treat us to a one-time virtual cup of coffee for $3. And if you're already helping out, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It really means a lot when we get support for the show. This is Kim A. Floden. And you're listening to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? As usual, this episode includes swear words. Stay tuned, people. We left Kevin last week with him having learned more than a few things about life, people, and what it meant to work in the carnival. In this next story, he backs up the timeline a bit and shares what happened after he made it from Chicago to California. You'll remember he decides to move on from California to Seattle. And, true to form, he has some adventures between the two. And aside, you'll briefly hear Jenny's husband, Bill, pop in during this story. How about when you got put in jail? Oh, that was in my my California portion of the trip. Right. So that was in the beginning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm cycling you back to the beginning, but uh, yeah. So when I got to LA and I told you that I Seattle was the next logical move for me to hitchhike to Seattle. Hitchhiking in those days, you would see the same people, so other hitchhikers at the truck stop, um, at corners, popular corners and stuff. And there was like f- three or four other groups of people, couples, uh, that we would progressively meet as we hitchhiked up the coast. And this is the same year that Oregon had was the first state to decriminalize marijuana. I didn't know that. When when was that? I didn't must know. 70. Must have been 75. Holy shit. And I this is also that. must have been then when you stopped in that small town and you couldn't go in, but you heard somebody playing in a saloon. Yeah. Well, that was in San Francisco on the way up there. Yeah. So, okay. okay well, well, I'll start with that one on my way up there then, since uh, I was going through uh, San Francisco hitching, hitchhiking up there. So I'm, I'm, so I'm hitchhiking up the coast and I just get past San Francisco and I'm in this, uh, I can't, God, I can't even remember the name of the town, but it was just about 10 miles north of uh, the bridge from San Francisco. So I'm, I'm hanging around this little town and there's a bar there and I'm hanging outside the bar 
and Neil Young is playing there. I wasn't 18, so they wouldn't let me in the place, but uh, you know, I ended up just sitting outside there, listening to the whole set of Neil Young uh, playing at this tiny little bar in uh, North, you know, north of San Francisco for you know, the next hour or so. And you, we didn't figure that out until you got that album and heard him talk well, about I knew, it. I knew that right? I saw him. Right. But, yeah, but, but I actually but had the to... album that he's got songs on from that same performance, which I found out later. It did some detective work and trying to find out where it was done. I found out, that's the fucking show I was at. But uh, On the curve. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty amazing. Was he already a celebrity by then? Or was that... No, he was he was a celebrity by then, but he but it, but it was still a very close knit Hollywood kind of a group. It was still like the Laurel Canyon kind of group of people, uh, even though it was in San Francisco. It was still the end of the uh, peace, love, dove thing. So he was a get, but he wasn't a super major get for the uh, place that he was playing in. So I continue my hitchhiking up north, and I'm again we're continuing to see the same people uh, hitchhiking. Uh, I cross the Oregon border and I'm in Coos Bay, Oregon. And we're at a spot where like all these groups of people got to be in the same place at once. And there's like eight of us there. And they're going, we're in Oregon. They just decriminalized pot. Let's go have a party on the beach. And so we went to a market and I had no money. I've been on the road for a long time. I have no way of making any kind of money or any bum money I bummed was going straight to food. Um, went to this one market and people bought things. They were going to make a big communal salad and hang out on the beach and smoke weed somewhat legally for the first time ever. And uh, so I wanted to be a participant in it. So I stole a piece of Cracker Barrel cheese. The, <laughs> you know, the the bar that's like that big. And uh, yeah. so I start leaving the store. I'm wearing an army jacket. My army jacket in those days, that's what that's what I wore all the time. I was stopped. This guy goes, hold it right there. And I got surrounded by two other people. And all of a sudden, they thought that they got a big heist and stuff like that. He goes, what do you got? I told him nothing, of course. And then finally, I pulled out a piece of cheese. Well, they apparently thought that I had like got cartons of cigarettes and just packed my full jacket full. And they go, this is it? And I go, yeah. And then they searched me. I mean, they probably didn't have a legal right to without the cops there. But I was a kid again. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. And so the cops actually come by there and they actually arrest me for the piece of Cracker Barrel cheese. Okay, they take me to jail. This is on a Friday, I'm, I'm guessing, because I had to stay over the weekend uh, because the judge didn't come back till Monday. It might've been a Saturday morning or something like that. And there was nobody in any of the cells except for me. They weren't expecting anybody because they literally had to take me out of my cell to the local restaurant I had dinner with a deputy at the local diner sitting at a table and then he would bring me back to jail. <laughs> and It's like Barney Fife. And they would bring me like McDonald's <laughs> for lunch. But I mean, for me, oh. I, got, I got to shower. I got to sole up my jeans. So I this was lunch. like score. It's kind <laughs> Three of hats and a cot. <laughs> so for like two he days. He made some toilet the- wine. You know. Instead of having to survive the weekend on a, on a Cracker Barrel cheese log or whatever it would have been cool to hang out with all those guys smoke weed on the beach and uh, have a big salad with them and take off that would have been okay too so ended up going there and i saw the judge monday morning and i told him i'm going to seattle because i could throw out the name since i knew about seattle and things there 
And I told him, I'm going up to Seattle. I'm getting a job. I don't have any money. And then he goes, uh, well, we do have your social security number. So we'll call it time served and a $50 fine. Just send it to us when you get there. And he goes, we do have your social security number. So and if you don't send it, we'll, we'll be coming after you. And I, of course, gave him a fake social security number. <laughs> what so, do you think they were going to send? The social security police? <laughs> we need our 50 bucks for our knees. <laughs> he knew I was young and he was trying to scare me. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that. I was scared. In this next story, Kevin is back sharing more crazy behind-the-scenes stories about what it really was like to be a carny on the road in the mid-70s. Plus, Aaron's husband Van hops in with a carnival story of his own. Kevin, do you want to pick up back up where you were? Um, where what about I? the FBI raid? <laughs> oh my God. Christ. That happened in Minnesota, you said? Yeah, it did happen in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you exactly. It, it, it wasn't Minneapolis. I can't tell you exactly what town. Uh, so this is what I was with. I guess it had to have been my second carnival because that was more the Midwest. It's possible it was the third carnival. It was like kind of in that area. Um, now I mentioned the different legalities of the different types of games that they had. And they could really take a lot of money from a lot of people because it would get to the point where people would be losing so much money and they thought they could win that the uh, game artists would make them the offer, give them a talk saying, listen, you've lost a lot of fucking money. I can't give you your money back. But what I can do is we could take your money and I could, we'll take it and we'll just go a double or nothing. We'll, you know, one shot for double or nothing. Worse than Vegas. Non-artists, yeah. That would go into $400 and sometimes up to a couple thousand dollars for the bigger games. So we were in Minnesota everything was going right it was i I think it was it it was a county fair somewhere i can't remember the name of the county county it was a big (laughs) big fair one point throughout the carnival fbi just swarmed in there there were probably a couple of dozen of them and they were coming up from under the awnings underneath the uh, the the things that they have at the bottom like the little plastic yeah the flaps the, the, the flaps and stuff they would be coming from underneath to collect all the to collect all the slips and everything that they had there, all of a sudden everybody you know as soon as this all happens, everything starts shutting down. You know people are pulling down. I was working in a game at that point, so I closed down my awning and everybody started to get out of there. Uh, one of the one of the trucks they were they confiscated one one of the tra- trucks so it was attached to one of the trailers, and then there was another truck with the trailer that was trying to get away. The FBI closed the gate and the truck went crashed through the gate oh my god what out of there holy shit uh i don't we don't know what happened there um and that uh, i think that's actually what i left that carnival Um, (laughs) was the wait like literally that night like you were on the run uh, I'm, I'm trying to put the marbles back in their places because the timelines on all of these, there were so many things that were happening at the time. This has got to be made into a movie. What, I mean, but everything you've told us so gonna far. It's going to be made so, into a podcast for sure. I did not leave the carnival at that time. Well, there you have it. The carnival has just been raided by the FBI and Kevin has decided to stick with it for now. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, this is Kim, also known as the Coloring Book Coach. I just wanted to pop in here and say I hope you're doing well. And also, there are some great free coloring pages for you at thecoloringbookcoach.com. And I'm here for you if you need someone to talk to. 
Right now, I'm offering 20-minute intuitive sessions for just $40. I have the ability to tune into you and your life and provide quick assessment and advice for whatever might be going on. Here's a testimony from a recent client who says, Kim's reading was extremely informative and on target. She knew very specific information about my situation and has provided me with clear direction about next steps to take. She was extremely professional, empathetic, and kind. I highly recommend Kim. She truly has a gift with energy. So if you're interested in giving this a try, reach out to me at thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com and let's talk. That's thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com. The carnival has just been raided by the FBI and it was a crazy scene. Let's get back to Kevin to find out what happens next. This has got to be made into a movie. What I mean... But everything you've told us so it's far, be made into a podcast for sure. I did not leave the carnival at that time, uh, but they but they they lost what they did. They lost one of the trailers. Um, they confiscated the trailer. They confiscated the money that was in it. And as far as the other trailer was current concerned, I can't remember what happened to the one. That I, I think they. Just, I I think it was to no avail. I think everybody got busted, wow. including you. Wow. No. no, he was out no, under one just, of those flaps. Just, just, just the people that were actually inside the games. My games were a non-issue. I mean, you were giving that, away goldfish, like yeah, kind of all, <laughs> well, all those, that kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually thought about that for a long time. I'd have to, like I said, search my memory to really find out how that uh, how that ended up being resolved. But I did not leave the carnival at that point. We did go to another. Community. Just so I'm clear, because I'm not sure I understood. The FBI agents showed up, started literally swarming the booths. Yes, and they were arresting people. They weren't. They were confiscating all the information, all their slips of paper back there, all the records, all the, and and as far as the uh, the carnival office was a trailer. And they confiscated. Well, they we had two of the trailers. Uh, and one of them was the one that they had confiscated. The other one was trying to get out that unsuccessfully. And uh-huh. You were manning a game at the time, and you yeah. saw this going down, and yeah. you went exit stage left 100 Basically, miles an hour. Closed the awning, locked it up, and got out of there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Grabbed a dozen tiny dronets and hit the road. I mean, I mean, <laughs> no, what time, I mean we Funny. went. So, Kevin, this wouldn't, this wouldn't have been roughly like, 1988 or so, would it? No. 70s. Uh, I was gonna say because if it was 88, that I and it was Olmstead County, that might have been me that called it in because I had my my <laughs> I, I had a run in with the Carnies once because I was one of those stupid <laughs> high school kids that spent way too much money trying to to win a game, and the one that I got hooked on was the where you roll a softball and you've just got these like these these rings. The concentric um, rings. These, these three milk. No, it's it's. I'm rolling a softball, and you get these three milk jars. You got to knock all three of them over. There's two of them, and there's one on top. Yep. Mm-hmm. Super simple. Just like it's like, you know, it's it's only like 36 inches away, but there's this this line, you know, that they don't really tell you about. You know, but yeah. like here, take this ball and roll it, and knock knock the. Kevin can tell you. All and, I, and I and I and I spent. You know, I'm dropping like you know, it's it's you know roll a ball for a dollar or, you know, roll 15 for 10 or whatever. And I'm just dropping whatever it is, $10 at a time, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And I'm like, I'm going to beat this motherfucking game is what I'm thinking. And finally I have the roll and I hit it perfectly square. All three milk jugs go down. I'm like, win, like, give me that goddamn bear. Cause I, I want it. Not so fast, buddy. 
Yes, that's exactly what happened. That's what he said to my I'm sorry, you 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 crossed the line. And at that point, at that point, I just about lost my shit. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this guy. And but as soon as I, I raised my voice, I said something to him, and all of a sudden, like Carney, Carney, you know, the the, the Carney posse all of a sudden yeah, they, they surround you. The whole thing lit up, and all of a sudden, there's like the the, the, the the cube in front of me, plus like the next three on either side. They're all descending, and they're gonna beat them. They're gonna. Like, I got I'm a good story this. after this. I am not gonna win this fight. So, um, yeah, so I backed out, and I didn't call the FBI, but I really should have. Well, I did. I did mention earlier before you guys got on board, where the game itself is not illegal. However, they have to talk you out of it. They gaslight you down. And the reference that I used before was the bushel baskets because it had the red rim around it. And if you ever got it in the bushel basket from tossing it without bouncing it out, you would say it hit the rim. So that's exactly the same thing. Mentioned about the, the angry <laughs> the mob. carnival goer. I was in Pritchard, Alabama, a low rent community outside of Mobile, Alabama. And now... We were like the only white folk that came in there. But when we were driving in, it was like they never saw a white person before. I mean, the stairs were, were just driving through. The, it was just staring. Well, we made a lot of money there. And people were just spending money. And one, th one thing about the townspeople is like if they lost a game, they would, so they wouldn't feel bad about it. They would grab their buddy and say, hey, I won the big dog over here. Come on and try it. So that way, if their buddy oh loses, they don't feel as bad. So oh. they'd be laughing and stuff. Well, there was one So they were doing where, your job for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, made a shit ton of money there. Uh, however, there was this one point where somebody drew, drew a line in the sand. I mean, he was there, spent a lot of money, the same kind of a thing. He spent so much money, probably a couple hundred dollars trying to win this big dog. And then they ended up not doing it. And so the guy starts screaming and shouting, come here, taking us poor preacher people's money. I mean, he had a point. I mean, I, you know, I was, <laughs> he was not wrong. But I mean, I was part of the carnival at the time. And then while he's sitting there screaming, he, what he did was he grabbed the dog off it and said, I'm taking this motherfucker because I spent enough money. I fucking won this thing and started walking away. Connie started going around. And while he's starting to scream about this, then all the local folks are starting to gather. Yeah. And outside of them, another layer of carnies. And started. remember and carnies actually, in the 70s. There was actually a small riot that broke out because of it. There were probably five or six different fights that started breaking out because of it. Jeez. And it turned into like kind of made oh mass chaos. Um, you know, people are, people are swinging. They grab the, the uh, awning rod hitting people with that. And I, wow. you know, again, closed up shop, kind of got the fuck out of there. And the carnival was closed for the night. We packed up and we got out of town that night. Again, this is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can picture the scene. So I have a question. It's near, Me yeah. too. You had to occasionally, the games that were not as above board as other games, um, Good looking girls. <laughs> That's who got the stuffed animals. 
<laughs> you would always have to make somebody win to make the game look legit. Right. That's yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah. Would, Somebody's Mark, walking out with that big dog. Big obviously, I had I had that huge dinosaur. Obviously, when people you know coming in because you, you got to do your burger hawk. Hey, buddy, when you came in, did you get your ticket here. You didn't get the ticket. Come on, I'll give you a free one anyway. So you bring them in, you give them a free game, you teach them how to do it, mm-hmm. um, and then somebody you'll either you basically just let them win, and you you know you make sure when you're doing that to get a crowd. Yep, uh, you know, yep, you're, yep. you're screaming. You get, you get the person excited about it. All you got to do is get one more, and then they start screaming, and people start looking. And once they see somebody actually win something, then people will come there and start spending more money. So yeah, some people did do it. There's other games, the first couple of games that we were talking about, like the ones where you, you know, toss the basketball through the hoops X amount of times, or Mm -hmm. the duckies, you pick a duck with a number. Those are all legit things, but they're all the process things where you see all the dogs up there, then you win and you get a little... Oh yeah, I'll know that. And then you have to gradually build up from there. Right. Fifty bucks, even if you win everything in seventies dollars. That reminds me of another question. Yes. So, is there any truth to the the old story that Rube was was a carny code word for uh, a big mark? Yeah, that was a Rube. And well, and hey, Rube was yeah was a call for the carnies to get together. Like for instance, when that episode happened in uh, Alabama. Hey, Rube is what people would call when they say, Carney needs help. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's like cool. code blue. Yeah. yeah. Hey, okay, Rube. So, so there is truth to that etymology. And also, Snoop Dogg Dog did not come is up with the fishizzle. <laughs> that was a Carney language. They used it to be able to talk in front of marks. They would just put an is after every vowel. That All was hilarious. That was actually yeah. a, a, an yes, actual language. Super fun. To be able to talk oh, good time. communicate with one another. So maybe Snoop Dogg was a carny. Could have been. Or yeah, he, just... knew, he knows the code. Okay, he can join the club. We'll have to get him on here. He can smoke with us and tell carny stories. Wow. Just wow. I think this episode was a two, this should be a movie comment episode. And seriously, Kevin's tales would play great on the big screen for sure. Don't miss next week when we hear about what happens after Kevin leaves the carnival and enlists in the Navy at the ripe old age of 17 years and three days old. True to form, he lives through some more outrageous adventures. You're not going to want to miss it. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying, And also, Snoop Dogg Dogg did not come is up with the fishizzle. That was a carny language. How in the hell did I get here? If you're still listening, it's obvious you love the show, so please tell your friends about it and also make sure to leave us a review or ratings at iTunes. It seems like a small thing, but it makes a big difference, especially when you're an independent podcaster. And remember to visit thecoloringbookcoach.com for your free coloring book, plus a collection of coloring pages designed for right now. Also, we hope you're listening to the How to Fall in Love with Yourself Toolkit podcast to find out what's happening every month and the tools you will need to support you through it. Subscribe to that podcast where you're listening to this one. Big thanks to Silent Partner for our theme song, Seventh Floor Tango, and our ad music, Blue Skies.
We found them on YouTube's Creator Library. Find their links in our show notes. How in the Hell Did I Get Here is a production of The Coloring Book Coach and is written, produced, and hosted by Kim A. Floden with editing direction from Carrie Floden.